Welcome to The Modern Rustic. I'm Russell. I'm Zach. We are a community-based podcast from the heart of the Fraser Valley, where we have classic conversations about our current culture and the impact we have on it. Have I introed one Never. before? And I really want you to. Oh, man. We're it's starting a super on nervous day. 40-something. It's not in order anymore. All right. Well, can that be the intro? No. Okay. Welcome to the Modern Rustic Podcast. I'm Zach. We do this already. It's pre-recorded. <laughs> <Russell>. <laughs> uh, today we have with us Andrea. Hello. Uh, it is so great to have you. Um, why don't you tell us one interesting thing about you before we get started? Oh, man. One interesting thing. Or two. Or if two. you have multiple, feel free. We've got ages. Yeah, I feel like I'm not that interesting anymore. I feel like I've reached that plateau in your late 20s where your life kind of calms down and you don't live in your van or like live in a house with seven cats anymore. Like you're just mm. kind of like at a peaceful point in your life and That's you don't fair. feel interesting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Starting off on a real high note. Wow. <laughs> I just, yeah. oh, I'm curious, like you think it's better without the seven cats or... It was actually more like 17 cats, but in my part of the house, we only had like seven. But it was a really lovely house to live in, and I loved each and every cat and okay. each and every person who lived I feel like we house. need to zoom out on this. <laughs> no? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean zoom out? Like, where were you living? What, what was the oh, situation? I was renting a room from this really nice lady. My friend was also renting a room from her, and I was living in my van at the time, and... When COVID hit, it was fine. I, I could still, like, basically camp outdoors and stuff. But then when the winter came, I didn't have access to, like, coffee shops or the school. Like, nothing was really open. You couldn't use public right. washrooms. So I decided I needed to actually live in a house. And I got a room for 500 bucks from this really nice lady and lived with my friend and her. And they had, like, seven cats and two dogs, and my friend had two bunnies, and then in the basement suite, there was, like, nine more cats, I think, and then oh the coach gosh. house above the garage, there was, like, two or three more cats, so <laughs> in total, it was a lot of cats, but I really, I met my soulmate in a cat there, Aww. and, yeah, I think about him every day still, and it was, <laughs> That's great. it was a good time. I actually, it became, a, like, not a cat person, but I came to like cats at that house. You didn't before? I was a dog person, like typical yeah. dog person, you know. Like, and still agreed to live with double digits cats. <laughs> yeah, they they yeah. were really nice cats. All the like yeah. they were extraordinary cats. Yeah. You know, yeah. not like that cat that ran away from me. <laughs> she's she was just getting to know you. Yeah. She's a little okay. on edge today, so it's okay. Not you. It's okay, not you. good. Yeah. <laughs> no. Ah, uh, okay. So seventeen cats. So why you were a dog person before? Do you have a dog now? My boyfriend has a dog, and I kind of. I've adopted him as well. He, his name's Dozer, and Dozer. he is the love of my life. And Aww. yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, okay. I have to ask. Like living in uh, your, you lived in your van. My minivan, not the van. I literally just got that van last week. So I, I lived in a minivan for. Oh, that seems like a perfect living van. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's why I got it, to <laughs> oh, camperize okay. it, and yeah. maybe not live out of it, but, like, it'd be good to camp out of and stuff, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Put some, like, thick tires on it, like, off-road. No yes. problem. Yes, yeah. It'll, it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long did you live in the van for? Um, 2019 until 2000, oh, so really not that long. 
like almost two years, like the beginning of 2019 until the end of 2020. Okay, that's yeah. longer than I've lived in a van for. So. True, yeah, I, me yeah. as well. I never lived in a van, so. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. live in a van? I've never lived in a van. Okay. Out of a van? Yes. Yeah. 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 My first car was uh, very similar to to the van nice. we drove here today. Nice. It was a, a 1998 Chevy Astro, bright I love an cherry Astro. red. I love an Astro. Yeah, it was rear wheel drive. So in the winter, I lived in Alberta at the time. So in the winter, you could take out all the seats and just fill it with sandbags, and just slide around. <laughs> it was it was a good time. Nice. That's yeah. nice. I love that. What uh, what pushed you into the van life? I couldn't pay like I was going to school so I could either pay for tuition rent or a car I mean I couldn't pay for all three I could pay for two out of the three and so I chose the tuition on the car and I'm like I might as well I'll just live in my car Mm -hmm. but really I was kind of living out of my car I was kind of using a lot of the resources that UFE had like I I basically lived at UFE I had a job at the athletic center so sometimes I did my laundry in their laundry (laughs) machine and the student life had a kitchen and I worked for the newspaper and they just had a whole chill area up there that you know I slept in on really cold winter nights or I would sleep at my friends houses I'd do laundry at my friends houses I'd go to my mom's house every week or two to do a big batch of cooking I would cook a lot of soup and put them all in like old peanut butter jars and then freeze them and then put them into my cooler and then over the course of two weeks it was slowly melt and I would just eat (laughs) soup for two weeks (laughs) and I saved so much money I I got by I graduated with no student fees wow so or no student loans I mean that's crazy yeah good for you that not a lot of people can say that yeah Yeah, I mean it, it was kind of gritty but uh it was kind of it was it was an adventure i don't think i would do it now (laughs) maybe with like a better van and a better setup but Mm -hmm. you know sometimes you miss going to the bathroom Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i i i pooped outside more than inside sometimes (laughs) i mean that it's where it all goes eventually so you're just cutting out the middle man yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> in a way, yeah. Trying to justify it for you. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and it's a. I mean, it's a common thing now. Like, yeah, it's a whole hashtag thing. van life. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's pretty yeah. glamorized, but yeah, technically you're homeless. Like the the yeah. city count, like population count, like the homeless count. They count like people who live in their van. But oh, I, I guess, guess hey, because you don't have like a, a residence. You're not a homeowner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Pretty soon, we're gonna have a guest on who uh, is currently living out of a a, uh, a Prius. Oh, so small. Very small. Very small. How do you even but, live out of that? Yeah, he does it. Yeah, uh, he makes it work. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you know, and I just I really like that. You know, there's always that stigma with people like, oh, you live in your van? You know, like, that's so weird, right? But I'm like, it's not. It's not. Like, we just need to try and get rid of that and realize that people are like, hey, th- here's, the, here's the numbers of how much I save every month just not having to live somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. If houses had wheels on them, no one would even look. No one would, like, knock you for living on a house with wheels. So why is it different? Yeah. 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 It's a smaller, like, you consume less, because I always was thinking about, like, I can't buy 
this or that because like like I can't fit it in my van, you know. Yeah. But yeah, you're forced to be a minimalist. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. 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 Unless you want like a van crammed full of things, and my van was pretty full, but. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm a minimalist now. I think I moved into a basement suite, and then I just, like, I just discovered my love of decorating <laughs> and, like, <laughs> furniture from Value Village, and you can find so many good things at Value Village and yeah. their stores, and... I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I One of my favorite things is just, like, walking into, like, MCC and just, like, okay, we'll go to the book section, and, like, we'll start there, and then, like, okay, what else we got over here? And then you have just, like armfuls of yeah. stuff and you're like okay this, yeah this happened yeah it wasn't it's not my fault every time yeah Same. <laughs> uh uh i don't know if you want to mention it but i saw on your instagram you were at mcc today yeah no i i was there like i still use my student card for discounts so even though i'm not a student anymore <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't expire till like 2024 so might as well um, mine is far expired i still use it for student id discounts i just mm. like kind of flash it to them like yeah. hold my finger under the year like, <laughs> yeah yeah so they have 10 i think 10 or 20 percent off on fridays for students really so yeah oh. so yeah go there on fridays okay and yeah it was yeah they had their jackets chained to the chained to the rack so that wasn't I mean didn't really make a whole lot of sense you think about it like you walk in the store and they have a poster there saying like donate $20 to give the Syrian refugee girl a jacket but Mm -hmm. inside they've lock their yeah. jackets to the rack so that people to the people that are a them. block away literally outside yeah. their door mm-hmm. and yeah. they're they're using the money from items that people in the community donated to them for their international development work yeah so hmm. not something i agree with but <laughs> i don't know i don't know i can't really speak to that i don't know their side but i almost right. work for them actually before oh before going to the conservancy interesting yeah Yeah. you we live in a world where like oh it's a it's a non-profit it's like a charity organization they must be doing good work yeah we'll just give them a pass but i i feel like now more and more we're like okay but actually what are you doing and how efficient are you and how can you actually be helping people better yeah well it's also because like i think nowadays with you know the age of the internet and stuff everything has to be marketable Mm. and it's so much easier to point to you know this refugee crisis in this country or this thing that's going on over here rather than there's a homeless person smoking meth (laughs) 30 feet that way yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so it's just easier to push that kind of stuff than it is to push uh, there's something going on in our backyard because nobody wants to be reminded of that. Yeah, that's the thing. We'd rather help something far away than something yeah. right next to us, yeah. which is annoying. Yeah. Because the best way you can solve the world's problems is by solving the problems right next to you. Yeah. I mean, we're all interconnected, though, in a way, too. Like, I'm not bashing on, like, we need to help people and all, like... In all parts of the world, you know, like yeah. the, their work in Syria or Iran or everywhere in the globe, like that's all important. Mm-hmm. But it just irks me that <laughs> outside of their headquarters is a homeless camp. That I think Thursdays, though, they do give, they have uh, showers and meals and stuff on Thursdays. So they do have some initiatives for homeless people. And I think that they're like, they run the emergency response or they're, they're contracted to run the emergency response. I think they contracted out to other people. Hmm. Um, I really can't speak 
much to this. Like, I'm not an authority on this. I don't know Nobody a lot is. about it, but... None, none of us in this room are. We're just saying what we think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't... It's... It's... I... It's multifaceted and complicated. And, like, I don't mean to bash on them as an organization. Like, you can... They're actually very credible. Like, you can go when they're financial. Like, they post everything. They're so transparent with their yeah. finances. And you mm-hmm. can go and see, like, their reports and everything they've done. But they're very... Um, church oriented everything they do mm-hmm. is kind of for by christians for christians mm-hmm. so it kind of excludes a, a large po- population <laughs> you know i guess yeah. not in abbotsford because everybody in, <laughs> in abbotsford is mennonite and, yeah. and christian a good way. chunk yeah. of them it's it's going down rapidly because yeah. we're just having a huge surge in immigration but yeah there's a lot of roots like that in abbotsford <laughs> for sure yeah um yeah, that's Bible interesting. It, it is essentially the Bible Belt of the Fraser Valley. Yeah. Chilliwack a little bit, um, but like once you get to Langley and closer and further, then it's the it the what's the word demographic. The demographics change so quickly. Yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. not an expert on that either. Yeah, I should be. I took I I had a Mennonite study certificate at UFV too, so I should have be that? like. I was the only one who got the certificate. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like the scene school, and my plan all along was to work for the MCC, and then I had like kind of a little existential life, little meltdown, and and I just kind of turned my life um, like a one eighty, and and didn't <laughs> didn't work for them after all. So, so let's backtrack then. What were you going to UFV for? Uh, global Development Studies. I got my BA in Global Development Studies and then a few other certificates. So I got a certificate of Global Development Studies. I minored in Anthropology. No, I got a certificate in Mennonite Studies. I minored in Anthropology, Communication Certificate. Um, yeah, so I guess nonprofit work is like the, the work that I mm. am supposed to be doing with my life or want to be doing with my life. Because <laughs> Does it feel like? Yeah. I mean, I'd rather, like, when you think about a job, like, a way to get a paycheck, I would rather work for a nonprofit than, like, for the man, you know? Mm-hmm. But in a way, I am still working for the man because the the federal government funded the project that All I am coordinating. Yeah. So, there's no way to get around it. It's tough. Unless, basically, unless you want to run your own business, you basically will have to rely on the government in some capacity in some way yeah so it just depends how you want to live your life and how important that is to you because there's not all it's not all bad people in the government either right the people that are sit in the office that give money to nonprofits, they're probably good people yeah yeah i don't know i don't know them but I, yeah they're they're probably good people if anyone right. does <laughs> we'd love to have them on the show yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, you said you were going to work for MCC, but you did a turnaround, and now you work for the Fraser Valley Conservancy. Yes. Do you want to dive into that? The Conservancy's work? Sure. Okay. <laughs> the Conservancy is all about stewarding the land of the Fraser Valley. They're a land trust, and they're all about protecting endangered species and the habitats that they live in um whether that be wetlands or forests or people's property they have a whole bunch of programs the program that i am coordinating is called the step two program um the step two program is brand new i just touched the table (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) just don't like slam on it yeah okay the step two program 
is the program is nature-based solutions to climate change but we don't say any of that in any of our marketing because nobody Mm. knows what nature-based solutions is and nobody wants to talk about climate change (laughs) at least not our audience that's fair so our target audience is people who aren't currently involved and they've never been to a tree planting project of the conservancies are not interested or not aware of or not really concerned with or maybe they just feel hopeless and fearful and scared and don't really want to do anything or don't feel like it's worth doing anything at this point that's Mm. kind of our target audience so that's my job is trying to convince people to do one thing and turn them around to kind of create a snowball effect like I I do one thing and then maybe next day I'll do another thing and then another thing and trying to get people over this hump of hopelessness and despair and anxiety about climate change and into taking action and doing Mm -hmm. something because the narrative nowadays is like it's it's the big oil and it's the companies and Mm -hmm, it's the big guys and it's the billionaires and it's Bezos and Elon and they're the ones who should solve climate change not me and that's true in a way like big oil does want you to believe that climate change is your fault and there's nothing you can do about it so you might as well sit back and let it happen that's (laughs) kind of what like they're the ones who invented the carbon footprint that was their marketing scheme Mm -hmm. and in a way that's true but you can't really succumb to that trap otherwise you just fall into this pit of yeah there is nothing we can do and the world is doomed but that's not I don't think that's the case. I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the camp that I'm in. I've always been of that mindset of like, well, I mean, sure, I could, you know, compost. And I do. But, like, I could compost. But, you know, this company is doing all this. Like, what I'm doing is a drop in the pond compared to the negative effect that these, you know, elite are having. So, Yeah. yeah, I was going somewhere with that. And I lost it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I... So what are you pushing people to do action-wise? Action-wise... There's a lot of things we can do. Well, that's where nature-based solutions come in. So we're all about just plant a native tree. Plant a native plant in your backyard, on your balcony, whatever space you have access to. Come volunteer with us and come to tree plantings and plant some native trees and shrubs with us. Um, We're starting an ambassador team type program in each municipality. So we'll start one in Mission in 2023 and then move on to Abbotsford and Chilliwack in in the coming years. And basically we're going to create teams to help steward like one green space or park or just one land with significant um, like ecological significance. So the area in mission we're doing has a salmon bearing stream running through it. Mm. Urban streams are in terrible danger. We should all care about urban streams and riparian areas and the animals that live in them um, because the biodiversity crisis is very scary. So we can all do our part to even just, if you plant a tree in your yard, you're giving a bird food. You're giving someone, not someone, but something (laughs) shelter. (laughs) Um, You're, so yeah, that's, that's one way to look at it. One way to sort of get over that hump of despair is, you know, every life matters. Like you can plant one plant and that will encourage 
habitat growth for these animals. So I just like to think about it that way. Like if I plant, you know, ferns and salmonberries and thimbleberries in my yard, then maybe I'll have a food source for birds. And if I put a pond in there, maybe some frogs will come and that'll be pretty cool. And um, if I leave, like if I don't take away this dead tree, I leave that in my yard, that will also become habitat for owls, not not owls, maybe like bats and other birds and stuff. I don't, I'm, that's you the thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Owls live in trees. They so do. yes, don't cut down trees. Try to, <laughs> try to leave all the trees you can. That's, that's one problem I, I, I have with my work is like I work with such smart like biologists who've been mm. in this field for so long and have majored in biology and I'm just like coming in here fresh and not really knowing anything about biology and there's like three people at my work whose job is frogs like I've heard so much about like frog season like oh frog season's coming we gotta get ready I'm like what do you gotta get ready for and then they're waiting on the rain so that they can Mm. count the snails and I'm like that's so cute (laughs) I would love that um yeah so that's kind of that's my spiel hmm yeah. But despite that, like despite not really having a background in it, there there was something about it that made you like the person that was hired for the job. And what do you think that was? Like what is it about this job that works well with you or for you? I think yeah, I was scared of climate change. Right. And I'm very I and scared of the state of the world and I wanted to I mean everybody kind of faces that crisis after you graduate university and it's kind of like now what you know Mm. like what do I do how do I feel this life and so I just started looking at nonprofits, and the Fraser Valley Conservancy is a very small nonprofit. I think I'm the ninth staff member Mm. and but they're like 20 years old they're very well trusted in the community and um yeah, I knew I knew Alicia, my manager. The she's going to be on the podcast soon too, yeah, right? Eventually. Yeah, when she does her, yeah. her thesis, um, and I knew her, and and she was so. I interviewed her once for the Cascade. Uh, I was, I worked for the Cascade. I was the editor in chief and a writer and everything for that school newspaper. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a an article about endangered species in the Fraser Valley because most people, when you say endangered species, they're like, oh, that's tigers and rhinos like they're endangered but we have so many endangered species here in the Fraser Valley that people Mm -hmm. don't even think of so I wrote a feature on that and I interviewed Alicia and she was so passionate about Oregon spotted frogs and Oregon forest snails and I'm like how could somebody love (laughs) some snails that much but she did and she wanted to do everything she could to protect them and I'm like that's that's pretty cool I could get on board Mm -hmm. I could get on board with that I can I can help save a snail yeah you know, so it doesn't seem that difficult when they when people are so passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a like the endangered species bit. Like, it's a long. I mean, the Oregon spotted frog. I think just made again. I can't. I, I'm not like. I can't speak on this for sure. But I saw an Instagram post today from another organization that's like we're we're at a turning point for Oregon spotted frog. Like. We're, we have the ability, like, we have all these tadpoles that are surviving and thriving, and so I think they are starting to make some success, but it's kind of a, 
it's a it's a difficult job because you don't get to see a lot of success like every day like you can't like it's not like printing a newspaper like I I made this newspaper and you know every two weeks would have a fresh paper come out and I'm like wow it's like you could physically see your labor right there in front of you whereas like if you work for projects like this it's so much harder to measure your success you know mm-hmm. yeah I get that I get that that's kind of similar to farming you don't really see any like progress but you're like we're making a difference slowly maybe but yeah I get that I'm just blown away that there are so many like individual people all over the world that have that super 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 niche thing that they're working on yeah like I listen to the ologies podcast oh, I love podcast it's my favorite podcast it's amazing it's a really good podcast it's so good and i just i just listened to one about i don't remember what the scientific name is but something something ology but basically this lady studies when rams run like hit their head did you listen to that one yeah yeah like basically they're trying to figure out how studying the how the skull and the brain react when rams run like hit each other in their heads and like is this uh uh, like a what's that concussion thing and like why don't they get concussions and like mm. how can we help that you know design better helmets and help nice. humans that way and like that's nuts and to think that just someone was like hey I might have a passion for studying the skulls of like mountain goats and like let's see what happens mm-hmm. that's their whole job that's their whole job you know and that's I listened to another sorry I listened to another one and this get lady is studies garbage I loved that podcast. I listened to it like twice. So much respect for the garbage man. Yes. No, they're not called garbage men. They're called uh, sanitation, sanitation workers. workers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so much respect oh, for it's... them and their job. They don't get enough respect. No. Even in like the Fraser Valley. I want to try and do something to shout out the sanitation workers because yeah, they have a, they've got a hard job. I agree, and yeah. th- a lot of people don't realize like their job can be more dangerous than a firefighter or a cop. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, but they it's really like, dangerous. Yeah, but because they work with trash, they're like put in some sort of stigmatized different category, and it's like yeah. they serve the city just as much as anyone else. Yeah, like we're the ones creating the trash that they yeah. are taking away. Like if, if it wasn't for them, we would be living in the mountains of our own trash. You yeah. know, so mm-hmm. yeah, respect. <sighs> yeah, that one was really good. Like, this, the stuff that they found in the trash and, like, and just, like, uncovering, like, the, the like, the, just the, the flaws in, like, our recycling system and our trash system and it was wild. Because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people, like, think that if you just throw something in the recycling, it probably gets recycled, mm-hmm. but... It's, there's a good chance that it doesn't, which is so sad. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a myth in a way like there plastic is hard to recycle but things mm-hmm. like glass and what's the other one is it aluminum i'm not sure yeah but, like some metals yes, yeah like they can be recycled an infinite amount of times but mm-hmm. plastic there's like so many different types of plastic and each different type of plastic has a different way that you can process it um so those are much harder to recycle but yeah, there is a lot of myths going around about recycling right now and, and how it's kind of pointless and people don't feel like, oh... It, 
It's, yeah. But it is still important to recycle oh, your yeah. <laughs> your I Starbucks agree. cup and your Amazon box. And I mean, ideally, you should, we should live in a world that, you know, you bring your own cup and don't shop from Amazon. But <laughs> we don't live in that world. So just recycle your, Yet. your boxes. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. And what do you think is like the, the problem? Like what's stopping us from just going to... A more a environmentally fr- more environmentally friendly world, like with simple things like reusable cups, and you know, bring your own mug to Starbucks, and yeah. Well, COVID did a number on <laughs> that. It really like, stopped a lot yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah, like the trash went up significantly just because people didn't want to, or businesses yeah. didn't want to. Yeah, they like you didn't want to hand your Starbucks lady the cup in fear that you wouldn't give them COVID or yeah. they would get COVID. So, which is understandable in that sense because if you're the company if you're the restaurant that gets everyone sick then you gotta shut down you're gonna lose a ton of business nobody's gonna go there afterwards either yeah so it was uh, it was a weird time yeah I think we're mostly it's mostly over it (laughs) (laughs) don't say it (laughs) yeah Uh, I'm optimistic Um, but yeah just like what I guess my question to you is what other than, you know, bringing your own boxes to the grocery store and, you know, bringing your own mug to the coffee shop, what's something that we can do? I, I want to say consume less. Like, mm. like break free of this consumeristic... Is that, is that a word? Consumerist? Consum- consumer? It is now. <laughs> like, Point. It's a thing. Break free of, of consumerism and consumer culture and, you know rampant spending it'll be better for your wallet it'll be better for and if you have to you know spend spend on local spend on small businesses like here in the valley like put like let's circulate our money in this economy not giving it to billionaires and Mm -hmm. other companies that are just getting richer and paying their workers next to nothing while they just keep making more and more money um it seems so hard to get that into people though like because it's so like drilled into us now to like like i always think of it with like people that i know it's like let's go get a coffee it's like instantly you think starbucks Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when like there's so many good local coffee places here in abbotsford oh yeah there's probably a dozen coffee shops I think it's convenience, too. I had Starbucks this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's easy. I mean, Old Hand isn't open at 5 a.m. Yeah. There's the drive-thru. Amazon, you click something, and it delivers to your door in a matter of hours sometimes. You don't even have to leave the house. Um, So, yeah, it's it's convenience, I think, a lot. Like, people are choosing to save their time. Which is fair. Yeah. 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 And usually I would be all for people saving time because it's the most valuable resource we have but yeah i just wish that they would spend that time in learning more about the people around them and figuring out how we can support our local people yeah that's that's basically all we talk about is just supporting local yeah Yeah. and it sucks that uh there's like places like that going away well yeah we haven't talked about it on the podcast yet but hemingway's shutting down is a huge bummer it does suck. Yeah. yeah. Local and bookstore, if anyone doesn't know. Yeah. 
and yeah it's it's scary to see stuff like that happening because that place has been around for like 30 years mm-hmm. plus yeah yeah and when you walk in there the place is just door like floor to ceiling books everywhere yeah and i was so encouraged because like hey if this place can stay in business then that means that people are buying books and learning and reading at a probably an astounding rate otherwise they wouldn't be able to keep the lights on yeah so i was just it was so nice yeah but yeah i mean i've got more than a few of their books on the shelf <laughs> but they always say oh you should bring them back when you're done i'm like nah, i'm not gonna bring them back <laughs> <sighs> anyways it's sad. Like, what do you, like, have you seen that, like, the plight of the small business, like, just being, I don't know. Yeah, there's this one restaurant in Chilliwack. Um, I'm going to butcher the name. I just moved to Chilliwack from Abbotsford. It's, like, ye, young, Youngies. Young, youngies, youngies. I am I so sorry, Chilliwack people. <laughs> like, people are so bummed out. I read the Chilliwack Progress. Every, like, there's so many letters to the editor about, like, this restaurant was a staple in my life. And I'm... One lady literally said, I was more devastated when this restaurant shut down than when Queen Elizabeth died. Like, this wow. is how much it's affected me. I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, the their landlords, I guess, bumped up their rent. Mm-hmm. an extraordinary amount and they couldn't pay and um yeah they went out of business so and they've been in they've been there for decades so yeah. it happens yeah it yeah. just keeps happening too like that's what happened to Hemingway's that's it's the same thing yeah yeah it's horrible yeah yeah, so is, to getting back to what you do, oh, yeah. is this, like, shopping local kind of less waste initiative part of what you do, or is it pretty much just focused on nature stuff? I mean, anything to get you interested. Yeah. If that's the door that you enter in to, that will lead you to volunteer with us to plant trees or put up an owl box or let someone on your property to tell you how you can best steward it for the environment we're just giving people multiple avenues in which they can discover us and do better for the earth, I guess. So yeah, I mean, you want to, recycling is like, that's the last thing on the list. Like you want to be able to like, in like a circular economy, recycling comes almost last. Like you want to put less input into the system right like consume less is that's the goal but Mm. if recycling gets you into you know our bubble like it gets you into this other way of thinking then yeah we're gonna push recycling or whatever whatever it takes really to get people more interested in in saving Mm. the owls and the frogs and the the incredibly biodiverse ecosystem we have here in the valley is that like do you see that as a convenient first step for people like a gateway Gateway drug drug into (laughs) helping the environment or is there other ways that get people involved i think a a good gateway drug is plants like you plant Mm. a plant and you can see it growing and you can experience the benefits and you can I don't know. I think that's like the my main motivator is that, that's what I did. So I've only done like a few community engagements events. I've done maybe eight or nine focus groups. And the main thing people connect with nature is gardening and they want to either learn how to garden or they already have a garden at home. So that's something I'd like to incorporate into the program is 
having some kind of learning garden, learning space for people to be able to put their hands in dirt and plant a seed in the ground and watch that seed grow and maybe be connected to their food source and value that that plant and yeah that's kind of a good i think that's a good gateway drug for people yeah yeah i love that and people and like you know it because you've seen it but people don't realize how powerful that is Mm -hmm. like growing something that you planted and watching it succeed it's like raising a child like Mm -hmm. without all the annoying parts Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) oh that's powerful yeah i mean i I've, i've been there i know how that feels and yeah I have this dream where, I mean, people have been talking about it more lately, but if everyone just, like, took their little chunk of lawn and just didn't have lawn and, like, grew a vegetable, and then your neighbor grew a different vegetable, and then your neighbor grew a different vegetable, and then you just share vegetables, we don't have to go to the grocery store. Yeah, that's the dream. Except for, like, Oreos and Dunkaroos. (laughs) Because I can't go without those. But, Yeah. yeah. Things like that, what's your dream? Like, if we, if you could, you know, if you if you were in charge of Abbotsford for, you know, a year. <laughs> yeah, like if you were the mayor, like, and you're like, hey, what's some uh, environment initiatives? Just, like, just, let's just do it. Um, I would like to see a better tree canopy okay. uh, that would decrease air conditioning costs, for one. Like, uh, just more trees. Trees equals good is mm-hmm. really what my motto is. <laughs> um... Yeah, trees are our habitats for wildlife. They regulate our temperature. Um, yeah, getting a good tree canopy going, that's kind of what Vancouver's strategy was to become one of the greenest cities. And they've still, like... Is that I mean, working? Th- hmm Is it working, Vancouver? Is it working? Like, they want to be a green city? Like They were named the greenest city, I think, some years back. It was one oh. of the mayors, like goals was to be or one of the city councillors or whatever they made that happen i'm not they there's i'm not up to vancouver politics now it's but totally fine i would like i would like to see a, a bigger and better tree canopy like along south fraser way just trees all along yeah. and just having mm-hmm. shade for pedestrians and people and having habitat for wildlife and that would be that would be good that'd be a good place to start hmm. yeah what do you think about like cities like have you ever seen like city like Singapore? The pictures of Singapore like they have like buildings like covered in mm. like foliage and plants everywhere. That'd be amazing. Right? Their air must is their air clean? Yeah, they're working on it. Yeah, okay. but like they're going for like the most forward-thinking environmental city. Nice. Like their mental health like skyrocketed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like it's planting plants and life just around you. Like yes. they're sitting in an office typing on a computer, but there's plants all over the place. Yes. Yeah. Just it's seeing incredible. a color is so huge. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Living in a city, it's like all you see is gray all the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's depressing. I, I used to live in Edmonton and every building in Edmonton is some shade of gray or brown. There's nothing interesting to look at there. Mm. Plus, you have the Alberta winters on top of that, which lasts for six months, where everything is white, black, or gray. And then the buildings are gross. Mm -hmm. But then, like, moving here, it's crazy how much it does affect your mood, having just green stuff around. Yeah. Yeah. It it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that the, like, the like during the pandemic like house plants just skyrocketed in sales like is that helping yeah. like is that a bonus for us 
I I have about like 70 something houseplants. Like my house is filled with houseplants. And so I'm like in love with them and I talk with them every day and I, I make sure that they're just doing okay and and check in on them, give them compliments, just tell them how good they're growing. And mm-hmm. and I walked into her bathroom that's filled with plants and I'm, I'm like to my boyfriend, like, oh, the air must be so clean in here. And he's like, <laughs> it would take 10,000 of these to create enough like oxygen for us to breathe. So he kind of like breaks my bubble a little in a way, but um, they're nice to look at. Like they, they they purify the air in a way. Like they're not gonna solve mm-hmm. houseplants. Houseplants are kind of strange in a way. It's kind of like they are these tropical plants that we have made miniature and put in pots and put in our house, and they don't belong here. Yeah. It makes me think like, are people do people in Brazil have like a mini Douglas fir tree <laughs> in their house, like... Oh, that's an interesting thought. It almost makes me think of, like, pugs. Like, we've just kind of bred the plants to be pretty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even though, I mean, in my opinion, pugs are not very good-looking. Uh, They're cute, though. Yeah. You said it on the podcast, so... I know, it's on record now. I just always think about, like, how horrible their existence is. Well, they have a lot of health issues, which is the problem. Well, when you take your entire respiratory system and make it (laughs) two-dimensional, it doesn't spell a great life. Yeah, Yeah. fair enough. Yeah. It's like, you think, like, Voldemort has, like, nasal issues? Probably. 100%, yeah. Like... Yeah, he's sinus probably, infections all day long. He's in a bad mood for a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't never never thought about it that way. But I guess that makes sense. Yeah. It's oh, wild. But yeah, I mean, back to your point about houseplants, I, I agree with you. And it's it's fascinating to think like, you know, like for me, like the ultimate houseplant is like a bonsai tree or something like that. Or or probably like cacti that I don't have to water because I'm not good at the bad that. But you know, in Japan, do they have, like, what's what's a native species to BC? Thimbleberry. Thimbleberry. Like, do they have, is thimbleberries cool in Japan? Maybe. I, I mean, know. we're known for our berries, right? Yeah. Right. So, maybe. It's our whole thing. But, yeah. I want to find somebody who knows about this. Get them on the show. Like, global plant in demographics. <laughs> plant demographics. That'd be wild. They gotta exist. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Hmm. Anyways. I forgot what my next question was gonna be. Zach? <laughs> I don't know what your next question was gonna be. Do you be. have a different question? <laughs> Do I get to ask any questions? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Jump okay. in. Yeah. What's one one thing you guys have done today to connect with nature? Oh man. Um What day is it today? Monday? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I am around animals a lot, so it's, I like to say it's easy for me, but yeah, that's tough. That's tough. I do like grounding, like just standing in grass sometimes barefoot. Nice. Um, I feel like something even as simple as just like, letting the wind blow on your face is really nice. Like just standing there and like taking it in. Um, hmm. I think, I think the closest thing I did is I, I always drive like not a main way home because I hate being on highways so Mm. much. Mm. Like just being on 
I mean, I know I'm on pavement regardless, but being around a bunch of other cars just makes me upset. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I'll drive, like, through, like, the farm areas instead, or coming here. Yeah. I I won't take the highway to get here. Right. I'll drive through the farms. Oh, Because it's just better to look at. Thank you for doing that, Zach. You're welcome. I'd do it for you. I hope so. Uh, I don't think that I do much to connect with nature these days. I used to hike a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I used to hike a lot. And then the nine to five life smacked me in it the face. It ruins it. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Then you're just like delegated to the weekends. And then, you know, by the time Saturday morning rolls around, like, I don't want to get up early. And, okay. and everybody's hiking on the weekends. Exactly. Yeah, I get so into busy. nature. They're to, packed. Yeah. Get away from people. I don't want to. Yeah go and see a bunch of people outside. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's such a tough slog because you want that. So you like try and do the, the, like the difficult hikes, but then you got to get better in better shape because you haven't hiked in a while. So Mm -hmm. you got to do the easier trails where everybody is. And then you get disappointed and depressed because there's so many people. And then you're like, ah, there are always going to be more people. Mm. I mean, there's less in the winter. I'd like to get, get back to hiking in the winter because there's, there's a little less. You need to be a little more prepared, but yeah 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 like i love the cold like i do like ice baths all the time and like cold showers and like like the like the not the polar bear like dips but like you know like ice ice like dips amazing the cold plunges yeah cold plunges incredible have you Mm. done those Oh my god! I don't know. I took a picture today of this flyer at Lep Farmers Market, like this girl group doing that. And I'm like, really? That'd be that'd be cool. I want to join a girl group, but um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm I don't like the cult. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I'm yeah. trying to get Zach into it, but he's. Hesitant. I haven't said no. You, it's true. You haven't said no. I, I do want to do it. We just got to find the time. That's true. Our That's schedules true. so rarely line up, except for Monday nights. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I do want to try it. It seems fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <coughs> what about you? Have you connected, uh, with, nature connected with nature lately? Um, or this week or whatever. It's nice having a dog because yes. they have to go outside. And you're forced to yeah. embrace the outdoors. Yeah. No, that's that increased my outdoor time a lot, just walking a dog. That's kind of... Yeah, like, yeah, I used to hike a lot, too. And yeah. now that I kind of got out of that routine, but, yeah. yeah. Mostly just walking I, find, I found that I always stopped in the winter hiking. Mm. Like, I never really did winter hikes. As soon as it got cold out, I just stopped. But maybe I should do it in the winter. Yeah, there's some nice, yeah. there's some nice ones. Uh, well, yeah. the thing about, like, if you're hiking in the summer or the spring, you get hot way quicker. Yeah. So then you get, like, you start sweating, and you're like, oh, this is ridiculous but in the winter you can have like a t-shirt and pants on and then you just like as long as you keep moving you're like yeah this is great yeah you can get hypothermia a depends, t-shirt it depends in the where you are it's fine it's all about breathing <laughs> okay okay it depends how cold it is i mean i'm not i'm not suggesting negative temperatures where you are out in a t-shirt yeah but, you know okay our winters are like plus five so yeah yeah it's not that bad you can be out in a t-shirt and plus five yeah yeah anyways what um what what are so you said the conservancy has been around for what 20 years yeah like 97 i think something i don't know something around there i'd have to look it up 
Okay. I'm new there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might not know the answer to my question, but okay. I mean, what kind of, like, has there any been, like, a lot of success stories? Like, what's, like, what have they accomplished? What have they accomplished? Um, or is it just all really slow burning? <laughs> we planted hella trees. So yeah. many trees. I, I think this year alone, we planted thousands of trees and shrubs. And the, thousands? Yeah. I mean, oh. well, every tree planting, every, like, planting project there's like at least a thousand or fifteen hundred like we did one that was just four hundred and all or not alder growth agassiz the other day but mm. abbotsford there was one i mean that we have a plant guy who who does all that so mm. um yeah he's pretty interesting and no yeah we plant a lot we do a lot of species research and species work. There's also, if you live in Ryder Lake, there is a new citizen science program coming out because Ryder Lake is a huge habitat of the organ spotted frog. So they're trying to get more citizens on board to help protect them because so many get killed on the road or something because oh, it's an yeah. important crossing. And so they've installed fencing and, and a, a toad tunnel. And so we monitor all the toads that go in the tunnel or volunteers do. And <sighs> I love that. Yeah. And so we're trying to get more people into citizen science. And um, so that's going on. And yeah, just a ton of projects. I mean, this Step 2 program is unlike any that we've had before because I think they just run off of like a six-month grant, a one-year grant, mm -hmm. whereas this one is, like, three years' worth of funding oh, wow. guaranteed. So Ooh. that's that's unlike anything we've had before. But, yeah, I mean, they've been successful in a lot of different research and projects and planting trees and becoming a land trust, and they have the Nature Stewards program where someone can come to your house and tell you how to better steward it and protect the wildlife. Like, if you have an endangered species in your yard, they'll identify that and tell you how you can make it a better home for them because they, they share that home too, you know? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, and most people wouldn't even think twice. They're like, oh, that's some bush. We'll just pull it out. Whatever. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. thinking of animals as pests. Like, yeah. That's pretty normal. Wildlife, yeah. 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 Whereas, like, we... We went... We came into their home, you know? Yeah. That's how yeah. I always think about it. Like, bears are, like, a huge problem in Mission and some parts of Chilliwack, like Cultus Lake area. Yeah. and. People get mad at the bears, and the bears end up dying because they get too friendly to humans. But it's mm -hmm. like we're the ones who built our houses where the bears yeah. live originally. Yeah, exactly, right? they so. were there first. Yeah, you don't get to complain about living near the bears. The bears were there first. Yeah, yeah. It's like when people you know move up north and they complain when they're in the wildfire zones. I'm like, you built your house in a wildfire zone. I don't mm. feel that bad for you, but I understand that that you want to live up there in in peace. I can get that. <laughs> But I'm like, oh no, my house burned down. It happens. Pretty soon we're all gonna be in a wildfire. So. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. But uh, I mean, it's scary. If we don't but... follow the step two program. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was scary to see all that smoke last summer, eh? Like, yeah. Well, even October, bad. like it was, it ran yes. so late this year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was thick smoke. Yeah. From all the wildfires. Yeah. That's crazy. And, like, I keep yeah. thinking, like, oh, you know, we had a lot of wildfires this year. We must be out of, you know, trees to burn down by now. Must have got them all. Yeah. I mean, the science is that the weather events are only going to 
keep happening. I mean, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> say that, but like that's what scientists are saying. Like, well, you should though. I mean, that's like I don't want to bum people out. Like that's the opposite <laughs> of what we want to do with the step. The step two program's all about like positivity and yeah. like gotta, we can yeah. do it. You gotta but, do it in like a sandwich. Like say something nice, yeah. and then like, hey, the world's ending, and then there's something nice yeah, at the end. Yeah, like just kidding. The world's not ending because we're all gonna join hands together, and, yeah. and it's all gonna be good, and we're all gonna plant a tree and save it. Yeah. You're not going with the scare tactics. No, no. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Michael Moore taught us that. Who's that? Uh, an inconvenient truth. Wait, Wasn't that's Al Gore. Al Gore. Al. Michael Moore was like Bowling for Columbine. That's right. And like I'm definitely getting both of them confused. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know who Michael Moore is, but Al Gore was the inconvenient well, truth guy. Do you know Bowling for Columbine? No. Fahrenheit 9-11? I know that. That's Michael Moore. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he just goes up to people's face and's like, would you send your son to the army? And they're like a politician and they're like, no. And yeah, <laughs> he's like an in-your-face kind yeah. of documentary guy. And Al yeah. Gore was just like a vice president president who had a slideshow he was a politician yeah Yeah, he was a vice at one he ran for president yeah yeah i mean yeah there's a lot of stuff with al gore but i think like a lot of the science that they had in the documentary has like been debunked by now but like he opened the door yeah he got people aware yes it was really helped yeah i mean because science is also always changing like that was one thing during covid where people were like scientists were saying wear masks don't wear masks actually wear masks like science always is like people are discovering new things like they just have hypothesis that they are trying to prove every day and sometimes it's proved sometimes the science moves in this direction over here but the thing with climate change is like 98 percent of you know what movie was really good was um look up. yes you saw it <laughs> yeah no what some people told me it wasn't that great, so I didn't watch it. Oh, it was amazing. I thought it was amazing. Really? Really funny. Also really, really scary. But they really presented climate change in... Yeah, just... It was it was good. It was yeah. kind of a... It's, it's interesting to think, like, there's some pretty accurate moments in that movie where yeah. they're like, oh, there's an impending doom that will happen and they're like eh, it's fine yeah, yeah. like I've, I've only seen the one scene where they're like on the news uh, like they're doing that interview and they're like well we try to keep it light around here mm. <laughs> it's like this is not a light yeah yeah, uh, yeah. it's tough yeah. yeah, it's it's so tough balancing, like, hey, we should be worried about this, but also stay positive, yeah. keep yeah. things in perspective. Because you yeah. have to. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't get all doom and gloom, like you were saying. Like, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. just focus yeah. on, the, like, the corporations, everything yeah. evil that they're doing. Because, yeah. yeah. And that's just negative mentality, right? Like, yeah. you can blame big oil for all your problems, but then if you do that you're not going to be you're not going to change no. yeah. like oh it's above me it's above my pay grade yeah. i can't do anything well actually you can yeah. because if everybody did one single thing we would change the world yeah. yeah and the most important thing i think is just voting right like yeah. it is the politicians who make things happen they're the ones who pull the lever and make these big decisions so voting for people who not only believe in climate change but actually model a life that appears that they do in fact believe in climate change like those are the people we want in power making these big decisions so Mm -hmm. it was pretty upsetting seeing the municipal election results and like it was the lowest turnout and yeah but i mean it doesn't seem like big issues but it's it is important to have people 
yeah. good people in power. You know? I preach that to anybody who will listen. <laughs> the municipal election is the most important election you will vote in. Yeah. yeah. Because if you vote in federal, if you vote in provincial, those people, it doesn't affect your everyday life. To For the yeah. most of the time, it doesn't affect your life. Yeah. But what affects your life is who is running your city. Yeah. yeah. Who is in charge of making the small decisions that impact what trees you look at in a day and where you're driving yeah. and how happy the people are. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. I've even gone as far, I, I'm sure I've said it on this podcast that local government is the only government that actually does anything that benefits you as a person. Like yeah. Federal and provincial government do so little to benefit the little guy. Whereas like your, your local government is the one that's going to do anything at all for you. Yeah. 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 It basically like high end, like high up government federally. It's just about moving money around. Yeah, which is important in yeah, like in these do respects. It. Like, it's yeah. important to have the system in place, but it's just about moving money around and you know appeasing global interests. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which really doesn't matter. Well, it does, but <laughs> it's hard to say what does and doesn't matter because there's so many different things going on. But yeah, I mean. If you want change, you got to vote for the guy for mayor or a councilman, and then that guy gets really popular, and then he becomes MLA, and then he becomes the, I was going to say president, but prime minister. <laughs> That'd be great. Someone from Abbotsford being a prime minister? Yeah. I'd be all for it. Unless he's a real kook. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, so you mentioned thimbleberries you mentioned mm. the frogs you mentioned the owls like mm. what what can people look for like what should we be saving oh right uh like all... if i walked out in my backyard yeah I'm like okay who needs help <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean all native species really invasives is a huge problem invasive species like blackberries and himalayan blackberries and english holly and um what are those other ones knotweed Yellow flag iris. It's like not weed, like the made of something. Oh, not like with a K. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, is like the that like the not milk in the stores or? Oh. Like, <laughs> I actually really like not milk. <laughs> I think it's really clever marketing, and I got it just because it was really it was it was good. It has a ton of weird ingredients. So but, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, not with the K N O T. Not yeah. Okay. Yeah. So those invasive species, they crowd out all the native ones and kill them off and yeah. kill out our biodiversity. And I mean, they they do have some ecosystem functions. Like there's n- birds who will build nests in the blackberry mm-hmm. bushes, and a lot of them will eat the 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 what are they called the berries and mm-hmm. seeds and stuff from these plants, but. It's really important to preserve our native species and protect, um, you know, how the land was before we got here. But also knowing, like, we can live in harmony with the land. Like, humans are not necessarily to blame. We, we lived in harmony with the land for, for so long. And then, you know, we drained the lake and... Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I really. I don't want to. I don't want to single anyone out or no, like get okay. too political or you <laughs> know okay. get um, too negative. But yeah, I mean, we there's a lot of things that we can't change, right? Yeah. They're not gonna put water back in the lake. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Well, wetlands also. 
protecting wetlands from getting developed development yes. on like Little Mountain and Chilliwack and Sumas Mountain and McKee Peak like all these areas are so important the wetlands are basically like sponges for all the rain and all the water yeah. and like mm-hmm. we want to keep these those are like really diverse carbon sucking habitats that we want but people gotta live somewhere you know yeah so where are you gonna put them yeah, that's tough. the thing yeah. I don't know. That's tough. What's well, yeah. weird? Abbotsford's fear of like high rises. Yeah, because you could put like a bunch of high rises like Densify near the malls. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Abbotsford's dent, like population density is horrible. <laughs> like, yeah, everyone's so spread out; they don't need to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because Abbotsford is one of those cities that they're still prioritizing, you know, the nice landscape and the beautiful houses and the you know, a city in the country, right? Yeah. That's their motto. Yeah. Holding on to the single family home. Single family home. Yeah. It's like, well, you have, eventually you have to take that step into saying, hey, we're going to be, we're moving towards a metropolis. Yeah. Right? And we need yeah. to build accordingly. Yeah. We're going to have a million more people move here in the next 10 years. Right? Yeah. Like, on average. Yeah. And it's, we don't have room for them. Yeah. And we don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. And we can't just keep carving out McKee Peak. Yeah. No, we can't just yeah. keep cutting our wetlands out and cutting into our, our agricultural land reserve and cutting into, I don't know, what what else is there? That's but basically nature. Yeah. Like, hey, let's take nature and just get rid of it and build houses. It's not a good idea. Yeah. It's so weird to see it happen, too. Like, it's funny you bring up McKee Peak because I, my work for the last three, four years meant me driving around a lot. And I swear I saw that mountain change shape mm. over time. Mm. Like, just as they carve it out to build yeah. more houses. Like, yeah. I swear I watched it change shape over the last four years, and it's terrifying. Yeah. Because yeah. it used to be all green, and then they took all the trees out, and then they started chipping away to make it flatter. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. Yeah, I just... <clears throat> I think today I read a headline. Langley... Because um, they just have they have a new mayor, I think, and then they they're going to basically throw out the old um, rule book on the ALR, and they're going to like cut a bunch of ALR out and make it into industry land. And I was so sad. I think like at least a hundred or no, not like a, it was a few hundred acres for sure. They're wow. going to cut out of the ALR and just and like you know the ALR is not. You know, it's not wetlands and it's not forest area, but it's pretty close. Yeah. And it's a lot closer than pavement and buildings. <laughs> so if we wanted to return to a wetland situation, once you put cement down, you can't. Yeah. Like, you... I mean, everyone could live in their vans. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe we're heading that way. I don't know. I mean, we've had this discussion before, but, I mean, we should, you know, if we had better transportation then we would it would probably solve a lot of our issues right yeah. having that like train on the highway that yeah. they were talking about building and like oh, a like a subway that. yeah like a hyper train between like to basically chilliwack to whistler oh like, what would take so many cars off the highway whoa yeah, yeah. they're they t- they've tossed it around for a few yeah. years but like rather than spending i mean at this point billions and billions of dollars widening the highway yeah. between Damn. langley and Chilliwack, like which is going to take years and years and years and years and years. As soon as you finish your building project, you have to build another one. Yeah. Because yeah. expansion is exponential. Yeah. So just put high speed rail, Chilliwack yeah. to Whistler, 
It would take so many cars off the highway. Mm. And it would probably be faster. Probably. Than getting in your car and driving yeah. to downtown Vancouver. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of things that we we would could do, but we won't. Hey, I'll run for office. We'll get it done. I would vote for you. I would vote for you too if you want. I won't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'd vote for you. Yeah. That's too much responsibility. I can barely handle this one. <laughs> Just kidding. I can do it. I, I'm really good at my job, Alicia. <laughs> I can handle it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to run for office, so it's uh, too much pressure. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. We're not be a lot. Yeah, not everyone's cut out for the political life, no. Yeah, yeah. I don't want my face on a billboard. Like getting God, at least not like Chilliwack, Abbotsford. God, I guess this is a whole different topic. But I was <laughs> bring it. I was just flabbergasted by the school board race. And it's like, there's two totally different sides, and I'm just... <sighs> that's, no, like, a, that's a totally you, different topic, you, but I Can you just... explain the situation? Well, there was basically the anti-SOGI and then the pro-SOGI. Right. And so many people were like, don't teach on gender, sexual identity, like, it's, you're ruining our children's lives and taking rights away from parents, and yeah, it's just, yeah, people making... Insane claims, and um, then there's the other half that actually want to teach sexual identity and or sexual orientation and gender identity. I think is what mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then there's for. the third group where it's just teachers that just want to teach, yeah. and they're like, "Just get over it, guys! Like, let's just teach them, yeah. you know, the basic skills that they need to live life." Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I just I just had a discussion with a teacher friend of mine, and he, he teaches. Uh, what a fourth grade, and he's like <clears throat> just here in Abbotsford, and he said that they still don't have teachers for half their kids. Damn, like, I mean that's a hard job. There's no teachers. Yeah, and respect like, the teachers. Respect the teachers, and you know they just had this new union discussion, and they made a new deal, and they basically got nothing. Um, but they said it was the best they were gonna get. Uh, they essentially. The, there's no EAs. There's no assistance. Mm-hmm. Like, not, no funding for it. They uh, basically are pulling all of these, like, retired teachers Damn. out of retirement and burning them through them, like, oh super quick because they're like, hey, yeah, we'll come in for, like, two days a week or something if wow. you need us. And then it's like you've got, like, 75, 80-year-old teachers coming in and teaching. Damn. Like, this is not... That's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And you've got, like, teachers on call that are... Just basically, as soon as you graduate from, you know, university with a teaching degree, they're like, we'll take you. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to be teacher on call, you know, just some, like, do some freelance work. No. Like, you get a full class, you get 30 kids, like, yeah. go. Yeah. No experience, nothing. It's, it. it's not good right now. Yeah. It's not good at all. Teaching's a hard job. It is. You know, it, it's just sad because essentially the most important people and the right. most, most important jobs that we have in our society usually get, you know, looked down on the most. Yeah. And they don't get the funding they need and yeah. they don't get any of the things they should have. Yeah. Like, who decided that teaching our children was not a priority? It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's kind of, yeah. It's bogus. It's but bogus. Yeah. I agree that there's way too much too too much different sides. 
There's, too many. It's division. Like div- that's, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's people created just feed on that. You know, they get yeah. in their echo chambers. They're like, it doesn't matter what side you're on. It's like, oh, we have to do this. We have to do that side. And you, and then you can't have conversations with the whatever you deem as your opponent. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> and it is like it is an important issue for sure. Oh but yeah. But it, it also, I think, ends up getting used to distract from the issues yeah. that you're talking about. Where yeah, there's a shortage. These people yeah. aren't getting paid enough. Yeah. And like nobody's talking about that because everyone's focused on. Yeah. Yeah. The scandalizing yeah. topic. Yeah. yeah. The stuff that makes headlines. Like yeah. oh teachers are underpaid that doesn't get no. clicks it yeah. doesn't because no. we all know they're underpaid they've we just been don't underpaid want for so long I remember being yeah. in elementary school and we had like two weeks off because of the teacher strike yep. yeah because I remember that yeah it seems yeah. great when you're a kid but right and then you're like hmm what could I have learned then that <laughs> yeah. I didn't learn yeah there's like, oh, like teachers snow. on here we had yeah, one we had one okay. yeah. we had a high school teacher we technically had two but we didn't talk about teaching with them but um yeah, no, we had uh, a local guy, Kurt Purdy, on, and he was phenomenal. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. Yeah. One of my personal favorites. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. We're going to try and get him back on in the new year as well, because he's just, he's one of our top episode listens, for sure. He's nice. very, he's a riveting discussionist. Good. Is discussionist a word? <laughs> Coined. Conversationalist. There you go. Let's say that. Yeah. He's, and you know what? The older you get, not to say that he's old, he's a... Young, young, strapping fella. young lad. Yep, he's strapping for sure. <laughs> but uh, you know, you just if he, the the longer you go, the more stories you have, the more life experience, yeah, and the more perspective you get, yeah. And yeah. it's just, yeah, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about starlings? They're invasive, right? The bird. Yeah, the bird. Oh, I. I... Are they a band also? I don't know. I can't. I can't speak on them. I don't. I don't know much about them. Cause like they are so many. I just yeah. see them everywhere. Yeah. I don't know anything about them. Okay. I'm not a biologist. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I just. Yeah, I know they're an invasive species, and basically, like, 200 years ago, some guy wanted all the birds in the world, and he just like brought them all over to Canada. He's like, mm. I need all the birds in the world, so he brought mm. the starling over. And then it just, like, got out, mm-hmm. like, when you let your pet turtle go in the lake. Oh, yeah. Which you shouldn't do. Um, no. Although I do like seeing those, uh, those like, pictures of, like, the massive goldfish. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, Unbelievable. Like, you don't realize it, but goldfish can grow to huge sizes. But yeah. because they're in such a tiny little bowl, they don't grow. Mm-hmm. But when they're in the wild, they're, like, they're like you could feed a family on that thing. Yeah. I don't think they're good eating, but I don't know. Have you ever had goldfish? <laughs> One time I had capybara. Capybara? You had capybara? Wow. I, yeah, I was. I lived in Brazil for a while, and uh, I was. I'm. I was a pescatarian. I'm now like vegetarian slash vegan slash. I don't even care to label it, but I was pescatarian. Don't and, need labels. Yeah, and I eat. I eat fish, and the family, like our, our neighbors, um, made me like this. Uh, like the savory, not casserole, like a tart, like a, what's it called? Souffle? Kind of, like a... Pie. Yeah, a savory pie, yes. And they're like, it was kind of a dark meat, and I'm like, this is too dark to be fish. And they're like, yes, it's fish, eat it. Like, we, we made it for you because you eat fish. Like, we can't feed you meat, we made this for you to eat because it's fish. Mm-hmm. And I eat it, and I, I knew it was strange, 
tasting. It didn't taste like any fish I'd ever had before. <laughs> but I ate it because it would be rude to yeah, not yeah, eat it. For sure. And um, then after I ate it, I asked, mmm, delicious fish. What kind of fish was that? Like, oh, it's capybara. I'm like, capybara's not a fish. And they're like, it, it lives in the water, so it's kind of a fish. I'm like, okay, no. So they do swim? Yeah, it does, it oh, does live in the water, but yeah. Yeah. Wow. What's the most, what's the weirdest thing you guys have ever eaten? I had alligator. Oh. Oh. I had kangaroo. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I've had uh, kangaroo as well. It, it's not bad. Yeah. I don't know. The thing is, like, usually when you have something like that, it's, like, very, like, trumped up. Like, oh, come eat the alligator burger. And yeah. And you know it's going to be good because yeah. it's, like, a menu item or something mm, like that. But it's not good. Yeah, it's all right. Okay. Zach? Alligator? Uh, nothing to write home about. Yeah. yeah. Not great. I was a lot alligator. It was pretty chewy. Yeah. Mm, in most yeah. reptiles. Very, obviously. very rubbery. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I was almost had snake, but I didn't get the chance to. I, I'm, I'm very open to, like, trying all these different things. Like, I think it's cool. My dad used to uh, kill rabbits in our backyard mm. and make soup. Okay, yeah. that'd be all right. I, rabbit yeah. soup. Rabbit's fine. Rabbit stew is like a like a big thing, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 It I just kind of tastes like that. chicken. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, looking back, I'm like, hey, I don't know if I like that. That. Happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's food. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. My dad was always big on like self sustaining. Yeah, yeah, things. yeah. Yeah, like he yeah. he grew a lot of food. Still does. Like he has a, an acre of land in Alberta, and nice. for the for the years or years for the months that he's able to he grows a lot of food so nice. i think that was part of that yeah seeing well, like you know this what? meat running around our yard yeah <laughs> and if everybody thought that way like i'd be okay with like giving up the bunnies for that yeah like you can grow more yeah, yeah. but if you know if everyone had like the grow your own food mentality yeah Man. that'd be amazing yeah I think it's cultural too like i i had i had guinea pigs as pets but then i went to peru and like they're selling them every which way to eat. Really? So, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And in Korea, they still, like, dogs are still a big right. menu yeah. item. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's so cultural, like, what you can eat. Like, in India, you cannot eat a cow, but over here, it's, like, yeah. it's the main thing we order in <laughs> yeah. the drive-thru. I actually watched, a, <clears throat> like, a mini documentary on that not too long ago, and they there's, like, people, like, trying to figure out what to do with all the cows in India because they're, like, they basically just let them go when yeah. they don't want them anymore. Which is their culture, but now they have this huge surplus of cows running around. Yeah. And they're like... They just, like, stand around in the cities, right? Essentially. Yeah. But, like, now they've gotten so bad that, like, they're just starving. Oh, and, yeah. like, the cows are just dying and, like... And then they there's, like, a dead cow in the street. Oof. And I'm like, well, mm. there's got to be a better way. But also, you're not allowed to do anything to the cows. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird... I don't know. ...cycle. It's a weird issue. I was on Chandigarh. People... People fed them roti. Like, the people would leave, like, if they had extra roti, they would just leave it yeah. on their, like, fence outside, and the cow would come by and eat it. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know much about it. I don't know a lot either. I don't, I, I, it's also tough for, like, North Americans, because, like, we're used to a certain kind of cow, and, like, the cows in India are very different and, like, way hardier than the cows we have here. Mm. Like, the cows we have here are pampered. Yeah. In in comparison. So, and the, like, they're they're a different breed where they, you can't feed that cow. Like, our cows, you can't feed them roti and they'll be fine. Like, it doesn't <laughs> like that. But those cows over there, yeah, they can handle it. 
so it's 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 just just about but you know it's more biology and but you know there's a lot of like issues like that that we're fine for so long but now like we're we, you know we have population increases we exponential population increases we have you know technology changes that we can't even keep up with and we're like oh a lot of ways of life are gonna have to change and yep. some for better and some for worse and i think that that's really important to kind of figure out what we're gonna do you know and like there's so many issues that are popping up that you don't even think about I think it has to do with privilege and wealth. I always imagined a dystopian society where the rich and the wealthy, they can afford air purifiers Mm -hmm. and water filters, but those who can't live, you know, they get sick. And I mean, this is going to a really depressing place again, it. and I don't, I don't mean it to be that. We you're going to end with a nice little happy thing. Yeah, so. I got to think of a happy thing, but yeah, I, we'll get there. yeah, I, that's, I mean, it's already happening in places like India, like New Delhi, the air quality is so bad. It's like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, just breathing the yeah. air outside there. And yeah. people, everybody, if you can afford it, you have an air purifier, but if you can't, you basically get sick. Like you get yeah. lung cancer and you get all this lung problem. I mean, that's, that's already happening and it, it's gonna, it's gonna find its way here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like we're not going to be able to keep this, you know, beautiful North American, you know, eye line, sight, Skyline? Skyline for both. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to be able to keep that forever. And we're already seeing, like, massive issues in highly dense populations like, you know, New York and L.A. And, I mean, Mexico has it already. But, yeah, it's an issue. Um, I thought of something, but I forgot it halfway through. Um, So, you're vegetarian, vegan, whatever, don't want to label it? Yeah. Yeah. I eat what I want to eat, but I try not to eat. I'm not a dairy girl, but, you know, sometimes a little cheese will sneak in there. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm all for it. Is that for, um, like, moral reasons, or is it environmental? I became vegetarian when I was 10. Oh, wow. Uh, Very early on in life, I knew that I loved animals, and I didn't want to cause them harm by eating them, so... Um, yeah, it's mostly, I mean, there's a multitude of reasons why someone would cut meat out of their diet, because, yeah, it's, you like animals, or, you know, there's a carbon footprint of producing cows, specifically, and, um, healthier, some may argue, and, like, I think a little bit of meat, like, is, like, supplementing your diet with meat, like, getting B12 and iron that you need, but... And that's how a lot of cultures do it around the world, but, like, our culture here is, like, I guess the more meat you can consume, the wealthier you are, because, yeah, meat is more expensive, too, yeah. and, um, yeah, meat, like, it became the center of our, of our plate and of our meal, yeah. and that's kind of what I trying to veer away from but yeah, yeah no I haven't eaten meat in, well other than like capybara <laughs> <laughs> not very many people can say that yeah <laughs> there were other there were other times in Brazil like they like this family like killed a turkey for us and the people I was with told me that like you better eat this turkey like they killed it for us today mm-hmm. and so like there's just kind of cultural things where it's like it would be rude of me not to eat meat yeah um but yeah, no, I don't like to say like people think of the word vegan and it's like 
There's connotations. There's a lot of jokes about, like, you know when you'll meet a vegan. Like, oh, you don't have to... What is that joke? It's like, don't worry. Like, they'll they'll tell you. Yeah, it's like, how yeah. do you know yeah. someone's vegan or something? It's yeah. like when you do CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they'll tell you. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I don't... Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, good. I like oat milk. Uh, I'm glad. You can apparently make yourself become, like, lactose intolerant if you stop eating dairy for a long time. So that's oh, kind of, yeah. like, where my body's at. Like, if I eat a lot of cheese, my body's like, yo, you <laughs> yeah. probably shouldn't have done that. I think so. that's probably with most people. If you eat an exorbitant amount of cheese, there's issues. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, I, the allergy thing is interesting because there's... I read up a lot about that, and there's really no... People have no idea what's going on with allergies. Like, we've seen a huge rise in allergies in the past 150 years, and people are more allergic to things that they've never been allergic to before. But also, they do these these experiments where, you know, you cut something out of your diet, and then you're like, oh. Or if you're allergic to it, and then you cut it out, and you get better, but then you, like... You can slowly integrate it back in, and then you're not allergic anymore. Mm. It's so interesting. It's really, mm. really cool. And I just think that's really... Like, allergies, like, people still don't know why we have allergies. Mm. For the most part. Like, we kind of understand the science. Like, it's your body reacting to a certain, you know, something that comes in contact with your body. But they don't know why it's peanuts, you know? Like, why, are, why peanuts? It's so random. But... I don't know. It's, I don't know the answer, but I think it's really cool that they're looking into it, and it's something that people, like, we feel like we've, like, a lot of people feel like we've mastered a lot of science, and it's like, no, we still don't have any idea what's going on. Mm. So. So are you guys, like, anti-vegan because you're, well, you're, like, the chicken farmer. <laughs> so yeah. So you're, like... Uh, I mean, I'm not anti-vegan. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm also definitely not. I, okay. I was vegetarian for about two years. Oh, nice. Yeah, and... Uh, ever since have tried to eat more meals that are vegetarian than not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What motivated you to be vegetarian? Uh, It was, at first it was moral stuff, and then it turned into environmental. Like the animals? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then it turned into environmental stuff. Yeah. Like learning, you know, like you said, the carbon footprint stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Sorry, go ahead. No, you got it. Okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm... Obviously biased because I'm a you know chicken and dairy farmer and I'm all for the meat and all for the dairy. But um, I it doesn't matter to me. The what matters to me is that you're being safe and you're in, being informed. So whatever you're eating, be safe and be yeah. informed. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you which yeah that was the problem. <laughs> the first time I did it, I so when the first time I was vegetarian, it was in uh, junior high school, hmm. and I didn't do it right. Mm. And I lost, as a teenager, almost 100 pounds. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Like, dropped way down with skin and bones. Mm -hmm. And it was basically like, you need to stop. Or, yeah, you're... It it was very unhealthy. Mm. Because, I mean, I just wasn't doing it right. I didn't do the proper research. I didn't know, like, oh, I should probably be taking these dietary supplements to make sure that I'm still getting this stuff or making sure that I was getting enough protein or anything, really. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about it at all. But, yeah. Yeah. Which is why now, you know, I'd rather not, you know, take supplements. So I'll just eat a little meat every now and again. Yeah. Yeah. But I do try to eat less meat. That's fine. And honestly, like, I'm not, 
against eating less meat because we probably should in a lot of ways because meat is i mean right now it's way too expensive it's very expensive. like it's yeah like have you seen beef in the store lately it's Still. not in people's price range yeah. which yeah it's tough how much does beef cost um well just like everything else it's gone up you know 20 to 30 percent with inflation but it's already like pounds of ground <clears throat> beef used to be some of the cheapest meat that you could yes get. and yeah. it's not it's double yeah essentially like it was yeah. you know three four dollars for a ground beef and now yeah. it's like seven yeah eight. even ten sometimes yeah. yeah for like a pound of ground beef yeah it's insane yeah. yeah you know what's cheap beans yeah yeah It'll give you fiber so protein cheap. iron Rice and beans, baby. <laughs> some rice and beans. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people, like, the issue with a lot of people that I talk to, they're like, oh, they, you know, they were vegan or they were vegetarian, but they've kind of gone away. Um, it's just the quantity. Because, you know, for someone like me, I would have to ingest so many beans to, <laughs> to feel full and to feel like I got what I needed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. I don't know. That's just yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. But I know that's one of the, the critiques of the of the diet. Or like, oh, you know, I can't eat that many vegetables and, you know, legumes in one day. And you get kind of sick of it. And you don't feel full. But that's just what I've heard. I think you'd be surprised how feeling it could be, though. Yeah? Yeah. What about you? I'm a pretty good cook, so I don't... I'm... I'm I can... I can make... Some good beans, a good pot of beans. I'm glad. Yeah. 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 I think the most important thing is just supporting local. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, if you're buying, you know, your your beans, but that, that can of beans, or you know, it doesn't have to be a can, but whatever it is, if it's if it w- was on three different freighter mm. ships and yeah. it came, it was like went from China to Taiwan yeah. to here to there and then up through Central America just to get here. Yeah. You're better off buying something not like that. Yeah. Like, and, like, dairy farmers, they really love their cows. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was, like, really PETA really made me, like, anti-everything, anti-dairy. <laughs> like, they had some yeah. pretty... That's why I became vegetarian. Like, I saw one of their, like, slaughterhouse videos. I I'm think like, that was what it was for me, yeah, too. Yeah. They had some brutal marketing. Like, yeah. it works, but yeah. it's brutal to watch. Yeah. But... Yeah, like, dairy farming is the lifeblood of the Fraser Valley, and these people yeah. really, really care about their cows, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to bash on any dairy farmers no, or yeah. I'm glad. Ever since, farmers. Ever since becoming friends with Russell, I feel way less guilty whenever I buy a carton of milk at the grocery store. Yeah. Because, yeah, I just, like, you never see the good dairy farmers. Like, that's not what anybody wants to show on the mm-hmm. internet. Like, they mm-hmm. don't want to show that some of these farmers, poultry mm-hmm. farmers, dairy farmers, whatever, like, do genuinely care. Like, you do genuinely care about Oh, them. yeah. They all have names. That's adorable. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Yeah, and, yeah, it's... And you ge- you genuinely get upset when they get sick. Like, I've seen it happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, most dairy farmers, if you've got a sick animal, they don't sleep. Yeah. Or if less for sure but you know i think people view people like you as like heartless detached Mm -hmm. but you are emotionally attached to your livestock oh yeah 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 it's it's impossible not to be yeah Mm -hmm. um no it's tough it's just it's that it's the old age-old mentality of you know you can do 10 things right but you do one thing wrong and that's what people remember yeah right and that's 
that's just the tough thing about you know social media and advertising and public trust and the news essentially and yeah it's i i'm a big anti-peta guy i will say mm-hmm. that um just because there's a there's a lot of issues there yeah, yeah. but yeah yeah it's tough because they have a lot of funding and they have a lot of powerful persuasive content yeah that yeah like you watch one video and like you both said like it changed your life yeah that's nuts they're very good at marketing extremely like they they have like like people like got like naked and like you know you remember those like where like there's like a hundred naked people like like huddled in the street and like this is what your meat looks like (laughs) Like, just like gross yeah. Like spraying blood, the like buckets of blood on people—just provocative imagery. Yeah, is their totally. whole game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> but yeah. I think in the court of public opinion, they have kind of lost some points. In yeah, recent I hope years. so. I think yeah. people are starting to turn against PETA. They're yeah. starting to see the hypocrisy and yeah, yeah. yeah. The like, stuff they do. And I was just like, we, I was always against them because like they had their like their like kill shelter stuff yeah. and yeah and like essentially their format was just hey let's get a celebrity to say what we want and <laughs> mm-hmm. then it'll sell mm-hmm. and people will get on board and like that doesn't it's, it doesn't make well, any like, sense yeah it's what we were talking about in the beginning about how charities have to be uh, marketable yeah. yeah they have exactly. to be marketable yeah. now yeah yeah. if you they're like whether you think they're doing good or not they're still selling you something they're yeah. selling you a way of life or yeah. I mean and they're, all their money is publicly funded Essentially. Yeah. Like, if everyone got on board, they would be gone. Yeah, that's, if you're good at, that's one thing I realized with development studies is that if you're good at your job, you run yourself out of a job. Exactly. So, a lot of people in development don't want to lose their job. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you do then? You try keep not making, to develop? Keep making problems to solve, <laughs> yeah, I, guess. Yeah, I guess. Problems yeah. that aren't yours to solve or weren't problems in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. It's international development. It's pretty, pretty wacky. Yeah. yeah. And even, like, I know that that's a big thing with a lot of, like, homeless initiatives. Um, like, especially in, like, L.A., like, the big ones. Like, they get millions of dollars every year. And, like, there's so many guys just sitting in an office saying, like, okay. I mean, I can't speak for them, but, like. It seems like they're, like, just trying to stretch it to figure out how they can keep their job, which is so sad. But they're, like, they get more funding than they do. Like, they get more funding every year, but the problem gets worse every year. Mm. So yeah. it, it's really tough to see, like, they're actually doing something. That's, I would say, that's not what's happening in Abbotsford, though. No, 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 no. Like, I know people who work in this, the, it's not an industry, but in that sector, and they do hard work and it's like they try their best and it's hard it's a hard field that there's no right answer to how to solve homelessness like you can't real there's no like just like climate change like you can't solve climate change with one right answer you can't just flick a switch and throw money at something and then it's fixed yeah you just try to do your best you know something like that it's just it's one person at a time yeah that's the best you can do yeah and it's a long, slow process with that one person. Yeah. 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 I mean, the way I see it, the best thing you can do with that is try and prevent people from becoming homeless. Yeah. So that we can stem the tide. 
you know, maybe our the next 50 years we're screwed, but like if you stop the bleed, then mm-hmm. it'll fix itself. But how do you do that? I don't know. Affordable housing. Affordable housing, yeah. Make it a renter's market. It's a landlord's market now. Yeah. They control people's lives. Like, I, my landlord controls my life. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if I piss my landlord off, I am, done. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Good time. yeah. Yeah. It's tough, you know, and I still, I'm still of the idea where if you can show that you've paid rent on time for X amount of time, you should be able to just put that into a down payment. Like, why do you need an upfront 25% just to say, oh, I'm going to buy this house? Like, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, (laughs) this is kind of a tangent. My wife and I were looking for a new place to live recently. Um, And we were, you know, looking at some places. We found a place in Mission that we really liked. Hmm. And we got along well with uh, the landlords. Uh, They had a 15-year-old son with the same name as my five-month-old son, which Mm -hmm. was crazy. Um yeah, it, it seemed like a really great thing. And then we got home, filled out the application, sent it off to them. And they're like, can you send us a screenshot of your credit score? What? Yeah. And did you? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, okay. like, I mean, we don't have great credit because we made some yeah. mistakes in our early yeah. 20s that we're still correcting now. Yeah. And, yeah, I was just like, are you for real? Yeah, people will, though. Like I, Because I, we gave them three years of references of rent. Mm-hmm. We've never missed rent, ever. In, yeah. Like, ever since we started renting, we've never been late or missed rent. We gave them all those references, but they mm-hmm. wanted the credit score. Because we wouldn't give it to them, we didn't get the That's place. crazy. Yeah. I wish that landlords, you could ask for their references 100%. from previous tenants. You should be able to. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That would be a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, there should be give and take. Yeah, but it's it's their game. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the thing, right? If you're looking for something that they're offering, they're always going to have the upper hand. Yeah. Right. It. How do you find a fair solution? I, you know, is it just build more houses, but you're still going to have the same problem? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it shouldn't be as enticing as it is to invest in real estate. And I think that's part of the problem is real estate is just such a great way to make money. It is. Like you buy property and then you charge someone more than it costs you to live in that property. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you buy another property and that fish eats a bigger fish. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just such a predatory cycle. In a way, yeah. In a way. I still somewhat believe in the American dream, but that really depends what you think that is. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think the dream would be like a big property with all your friends and you all grow your own food and you all look after each other's kids. Yeah. And it's like a community situation. Whereas like right now we have single family households and each family they go to work and they go come home and they cook their dinner and like what if we all shared that cost of labor and time and resources together we would be stronger yeah that's more attractive to me than getting a house and living there with like a husband and kid and yeah that's it That sounds great to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, community is everything. Community is the lifeblood of everything that you want in life, right? Without, if you don't have people to lean on, if you don't have people to, 
you know, watch your dog when you're away or check in on your houseplants when you're mm-hmm. busy. Like, it's, you have nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. I'd love like that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If we start a commune, <laughs> it's like just, you know, a couple hours north or something, whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just do it. <laughs> All right. We'll find like some like cheap land way up north. We'll build a few log cabins. Plant some gardens. Yeah. Put like a greenhouse up. Done. Easy. It'll be like that movie Midsummer, but without the murder. Oh. Alright. Okay. As long as we can like that's a that's a turning point for me. If like as long as we're not doing the murder. Yeah, no no, I'm like in. the murder is not a thing. <laughs> Why are like, you sure. it so much though? If there's it, not. just made me think of that movie. <laughs> I don't know why. It's a weird place to because that like that was the great movie because like it was super idyllic and then they just like started chopping people up and it's like oh, that sucks. <laughs> I feel like I could have come up with a better example. <laughs> um, that was the first one I got. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I take it back. <laughs> I can't because it's recorded. It is recorded. Either way. And you can't edit it. Uh, is there anything else about the Conservancy that we should know? Like, okay, how, how can I help? Come to uh, a tree planting event. If you live in Mission, be mm-hmm. a join our ambassador team. and Or if you just want to come to a workshop about land stewardship or stream keeping or mm. anything like that come to a workshop if you have bottles we're running a bottle drive all you have to do is fill a little form on our website we'll mail you stickers you just oh. put the sticker on and drop it off and that's that's all the work done um plant a tree look into na- learn about native species that are in your yard and invasive species that are in your yard and help support the native species and make a management plan to get rid of the invasive species Hmm. Does um, your organization have resources that you could point people to to learn about invasive or native species? There's the or base, just you as a person? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's the Fraser Valley Invasive Species Society. They have a lot of good resources on their website. Um, BC Invasive Species Society. Um, we have a gardening with native like native plant gardening PFD like booklet on our website. Really, really helpful. It gives you like. They were really thorough in this, like, when it blooms, what wildlife is attracted to it, where you should plant it, what kind of watering it needs. Like, that is kind of your how-to on native plants. The thing is, though, there's only, like, a a few different nurseries that you can get native plants from. Like, you can't just go to Home Depot or even Minter Gardens and get plants. Like, you have to go to a specific native plant nursery. There's a few of them Mm -hmm. in the Fraser Valley. Um, BC Wild Heritage, I think, is, is a good one. Yeah, learn about learn about the wildlife that live in your backyard. I bet there's a ton of wildlife, and they're all interesting in their own way. And learn to support them, and live in harmony with them, and <laughs> um, support the pollinators. They yeah. need flowers year round. It's not just bumblebees. It's hummingbirds and flies and birds. And there's many pollinators. So we need pollinators, people. <laughs> Yeah. And vote. Vote for good people. Those are some things you can do, I guess. Yeah. The little things that you do actually make a difference. They do. Yeah. They make a difference if you plant one plant. You're making a difference in the life of one bird. Yeah. And that's enough. 
you know, I think that's enough, at least. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, as it goes, you know, wise men plant seeds, plant trees that they will never sit in the shade of, right? Amen. And it's, you have to plan for the future and hope that it's a little bit better than it was before. Yeah. Yeah. Also, on a side note, I watched this video of a hummingbird yesterday, and it was snoring. Oh. It was the <laughs> most adorable sound you've ever heard. Nice. It was like, I can't do it, but it was <laughs> do it. just, no. Do it. <laughs> no, because you can't get that, like, beak noise. It's okay. Anyways, if you have a, you know, okay. 20 seconds of your life, spend it on listening, okay. watching this hummingbird, uh, what did I say? Snore. Okay. Yeah, it was super cute. Um... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's all I got. Okay. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you want to shout out? Plug. Plug. Um. Oh, we're starting an eco anxiety group. If you <laughs> have, if you're afraid of the state of the world or you feel hopeless, hmm. look us up on Instagram and message us and be like, "Hey, I want to. I want to." I want to join. It's not a support group because we're not therapists, but we can be together and discuss it and hopefully move some people from fear and hopelessness into positivity and action. So if you are feeling this way, I feel you. I also feel that way. But there is there's a way beyond that way. Mm. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's... Um... What's, like, the one thing you would say to somebody who's, like, I'm so scared of, like, the impending climate disaster? Like, what's, like, the tagline? Like, hey, don't worry. <laughs> I say, um... I'm putting you on the spot, but, like, yeah. you know, what's, like, the tagline for the anxiety group? It gets better, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, of how fucked are we... We're about like a seven. Okay. So the odds are against us, but we do have the technology yeah. needed already. We have the solutions in nature. We have the solutions developed. We just need to to change. I don't know. We just need to adapt and yeah. and and make those changes, and mm -hmm. we can do it. I agree. And humans have survived worse. Yes. It's always what gives me hope. Yes. Like, yeah. We're so resilient. We've been through yes. so much. We're not doomed. But, Humanity yeah. is not doomed. We've already, we've figured out a way out of every problem so far. Yeah. Maybe not the best solutions, but there's going to be a way to fix things. We've wiggled through. We wiggled through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, well, we, we talked about this once a long time ago, but there was like this certain type of caterpillar that can actually eat plastic and oh, break yeah. it down. Yeah. That's wild. There's moss, or not moss, what are they called? Fungi. Fungi can mm -hmm. do that too, break down plastic, yeah. That's nuts. I yeah. learned a fun fact about fungi. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you want to hear it? I do. Okay. Did you know Sorry, that... did you want to hear the fungi? I do. Okay. I always just love check fungi. It. Just check it. Uh, fungi, how do, how do I word it? Correctly. I hope so. So if you trace back... Uh, humans mm -hmm. trace uh, like ancestry. Right. Uh, we are we are more closely related to fungi than we are to green plants. Yeah. By like a large margin. Really. Yeah. yeah. And like the same obviously goes for fungi. Like fungi are more related to us than they are to green plants. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Like they're not even 
considered like plants like no. they're their own no yeah they're, they're... because they like they think mm-hmm. mushrooms are crazy man yeah they're, they're so cool the thing is like we are so behind on learning about that kind of stuff like you know we have in the past five years we've learned so much about plants and how they communicate mm-hmm. and how fungi communicate yeah like you know like the what's that like the mother tree book mm-hmm. where like the fungi talk to each other and then they tell the plant and nuts yeah I love that stuff. But, you know, like, we are learning new things about plants. And, like, the thing about it is that we are, we look at things from a human perspective. So everything has to happen in human time. Mm -hmm. So if something happens over a week, we're not going to sit there and watch it happen. We're just going to, like, oh, it's a plant. It's not moving. Nothing's happening. But if you, like, get you set up the camera and you do the... Time lapse. Time lapse. There's so much going on in mm-hmm. that plant, and I'm a big slime mold fan. Mm. I don't know about if you know slime mold. I yeah, I think I've seen some videos. Okay, slime yeah. mold is nuts. And I, I, there's like so many things you can talk about slime mold, but you know it's essentially <laughs> they have they like communicate chemically and they can like talk to each other, but they're like single celled mm. organisms, but they still are smart enough to like avoid, you know, obstacles and like climb over things and talk to each other. It's incredible. And you're thinking like, well, you know, they're just there's no intelligence there. That you're wrong. Like there's so much and it's we just don't understand it cuz we're we look at it through a different lens. Yeah. And we haven't figured out how to you know learn more and tap in and yeah. Just cuz we communicate in a different way doesn't mean that they're not also communicating in their own exactly. way. They yeah. have their own intelligence. Like we think about, you know, even something like dogs. Like we think dogs, you know, do things kind of the same that we do, right? No. Dogs, you know, they think in pictures and smells and completely different than what we do and it's you know like if you like if you have your dog on a leash and you like stop him from sniffing that tree like you're depriving him of like mm-hmm. it's like it's like covering his eyes it it's wild yeah i just listened to a podcast about uh with temple grandin uh, i don't know if you know her but uh she's like uh she was groundbreaking uh she did a lot of work with like autism and um, a lot of like livestock science, um, like building like proper facilities for livestock handling, and essentially. But she basically she's autistic, and she used that to her to her advantage to try and like she can understand how animals think a lot better than we do, mm. because like we like they see in pictures and she sees in pictures and she thinks a different way, and it's really interesting. I would encourage you everyone to check that out. Um, Anyways, it's just wild because we think a certain way as humans and all the other creatures in the world think a totally different way. And I don't know. That's my tangent. <laughs> all right. Zach, anything else? No. I, the fungi thing was the last thing That was I the had. thing? Yeah. Fungi are so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Like if, you know, you go hiking and you're like, oh, you, just, you go fungi hunting. And you're yeah. like, that's cool. Anyways. Um... Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to plug? I'm golden. Thank you so much yeah? for having okay. me. Uh, I hope people listen. I hope so, too. Um, if you're well, listening, I love you. 
I'm sure they will reciprocate. Okay. Yeah. Um, Everybody listening just got two degrees warmer. Oh. Just like the climate. <laughs> Russell. It's inappropriate. That was that was too good though. <laughs> um, okay, one more question. Okay. Um, what gets you up in the morning? Okay. Um, probably my dog will scratch at me until I let him outside to go pee. So <laughs> that's literally what gets me up in the morning yeah. is knowing my dog needs to go pee. That's fair. Yeah. That's a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough for me. I mean, you just follow the animals, right? You'll probably end up in the right place. Yeah. They're smarter than us in many ways. <sighs> Pretty much. Yeah. They don't work nine to fives. <laughs> no. They got it figured out. Yeah. They don't pay rent. Yeah, they Am figure right? out how to live rent free. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're the only species that pays rent and works nine to five. <laughs> What's up with that? Dumb. It's ridiculous. We also can't live outside, which is like the big thing. We should learn. <laughs> It'd be nice if we could just like live outside, yeah. like without you know houses or tents or clothes or. Yeah. I don't know. Like I don't really get how like the first human was like, "Hey, this is fine. I'll just live outside." This is fine. <laughs> but they just popped up and they were like, like "What did they do?" Yeah. Like, before they, had, <laughs> like before they built little tr- you know tents, they and, lived in caves. I guess that's why they're called cavemen. I know. And cave women. That's yeah. Can't forget them. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much for yeah. joining Thank us. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, we. <laughs> I feel more encouraged about the climate now. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Do you feel encouraged? I do. Yeah. Okay. I want to yeah. plant something. Yeah. 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 We're having a plant sale in April. There we go. Oh, nice. Yeah. So check out the website. In April. Go plant some trees. Get all your native plants for all your native plant needs. Should we not have, like, house plants that are non-native? I guess we talked about that already, but, like, I I feel like Monsteras are not native to Canada. No, that depends. I mean, the people at the Conservancy would, would say, you know, they're big. Everything is native plants. Yeah. But I really like my Monstera and my Pothos and my Cacti and... I don't know. Depends yeah. who you ask. And you're more you're not really gonna go and like put it out in the you're garden. Not throw it out. You're not gonna yeah. throw it out. Yeah. Like it's not a goldfish where you're like, uh, I don't want it, so you throw it in the lake. Yeah. You know, that's terrible. But we should really see if we can put native plants as house plants. I'm sure it's possible. Yeah, there's gotta can be some that can survive. Yeah. Like any other plants. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got ferns in Canada, right? Inside. Yeah. yeah. We have so many ferns in Canada. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, some stinging nettle and you know whatever. Yeah. I I love houseplants, but yeah, the people at Conservancy would maybe say. I think one time Alicia made the comparison, like, because I'm like, oh, we should, we should encourage people to embrace nature by giving away houseplants, and she said something like, what if you worked for like a whale conservation agency and you gave everyone a goldfish. <laughs> Huh. It's an interesting analogy. Yeah. Right? Um, I guess that'd be bad? <laughs> it's just not the same thing. Yeah. It's yeah. not the same thing, yeah. You can't give people whales, I guess. Well, hmm. you could. I don't think that would go over well. 
It would be like those certificates where you can buy a plot of land on the moon or something. Yes. I did that with a sea urchin once in California, on the coast of California. They have like endangered sea urchins there. Uh Yeah. So we like, we, it was a long time ago, but we basically, we sponsored this sea urchin. It was great. His name was uh, Spike. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Uh, I think he actually passed away since then. But Spike. uh, That was like a good uh, 12 years ago, so I'm not sure what the lifespan on solutions is. Yeah. Probably not 12 years. Evidently not. Yeah, I guess not. Spike proved it. (laughs) But I miss him sometimes. I'm like, I should get another sea urchin. And I don't. Anyways, thank you for coming on the show. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) We greatly appreciate it. We feel more encouraged. We feel more knowledgeable. We are ready to... Save lives locally. Step to it. Step to it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's Great. a wrap. Okay. Are people actually going to listen to this? Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. At least three.